Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Well, again, good morning and welcome in, in this weekend before the 4th of July, and hope you have a, a, a great week and get the hot dogs or whatever else you want. I know we've got some hot dogs at my house, and I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I don't know about you, but this week um, I watched... James Corden's Carpool Karaoke with, with uh, Paul McCartney. Anybody else see that? Yeah, a bunch, bunch of us did. And, and I, I got to tell you, I loved it. I, uh, McCartney seemed to me to be so real, so approachable. And, and he told stories about growing up in Liverpool, England, that inspired several of his songs and explained some things that I had kind of misunderstood in the, in the words of some of his songs. Like this, watch. Your music is so full of positivity and joy and a message of love and togetherness. I feel like it's more relevant now today than it's maybe ever been. That's maybe one of the strange things. We expected it to last 10 years, but it keeps going on and on and on, and it keeps being relevant. Yeah. Um, I had a dream in the 60s, where my mum, who died, came to me in the dream and was reassuring me, saying, it's going to be OK. Just let it be. And I went, oh. I felt so sort of great and like, oh, boy, that, it's going to be great, you know. She gave me the positive word. So I woke up and I went, what, what was that? What did she say? Let it be. I said, I've never heard that. Yeah. That's kind of good, you know. So I wrote the song, Let It Be, but it was her positivity. That's the most beautiful story I've ever heard. When I find myself in times of trouble, one man comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Uh-huh. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me. Speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Yeah, the let it be, let it be, let it be, yeah, let it be. There will be an answer, let it be. Good harmony. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Yeah. It's if you like that stuff, it's really worth going to see. But I, I gotta tell you, now I, I, I grew up in the 60s. Um, I grew up in Louisiana in an all-Catholic neighborhood, okay? I thought I was Catholic for the longest time because the boys Catholic high school was across the street from me. At the other end of the block was the girls' Catholic high school, the elementary school, the church, the rectory, the monastery. I mean, all this stuff. So, I mean, all my friends on my, on my block, there was one family with 10 kids and another with 11. And we were weird because there were only two of us. So, I mean, 
So I grew up in that kind of understanding. And so as I listened, I, there was always one thing about the song that didn't make much sense to me. Why would Jesus' mother Mary be a part of this song, Mother Mary? Because that's what I heard, Mother Mary. And, and I always heard that from my Catholic friends. And so that was what I assumed. And, and then in the video, he explains that his mother's name was Mary. Now, some of y'all, you may think, duh. You knew that all along. But I got to tell you, until just then, I mean, this week, I never knew that. And I always had this different assumption about it. But, you know, and it, I, I like it even more now. When I, when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary, my mother, comes to me speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And I could really relate to that. And, and suddenly it made, it made so much more sense to me. It is so easy to, to misunderstand what somebody else says, and we don't understand where they're coming from or what's behind it, or, or to be misunderstood by another person. And so it helps us to realize how important communication is for building healthy relationships. And so today we're looking at the value of communication as we close our series called Building Successful Relationships, which we've, we've done alongside a, um, a video series of the same name on Right Now Media by Michael and Lara Fletcher. And again, if you or a friend or a spouse or your small group want to dig deeper and dig into relationships, go to the Gateway section on the Right Now Media website and, and watch the videos, including the one on communication. So, you know, again, growing up, and, and I don't think it's said as much today as it used to be growing up. When someone would say something mean or hurtful to me, my mother would often reply, hey, just remember, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never harm you. Anybody else heard that? Yeah. It's, it, it, and I, I, I want to tell you, I always wished it was true. But I usually still ended up feeling stung by someone else's words. And I know I'm not the only one. Words are powerful. And they've been used to break people. But they've also been used to give nations courage. Here we are on the, on the, uh, the week of our nation's uh, independence, uh, celebration of its independence. American patriot Patrick Henry said, Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. American revolutionary soldier Nathan Hale, before being hanged by the British, said, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. And as he penned the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson wrote, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Powerful words that encourage, that can rally not just individuals but a whole nation. Our creator himself established the power of words in the very beginning. As he spoke, the Bible says, creation into existence. In Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And as you move through the Bible from the very beginning, God's word, 
you see over and over and over again the power of communication and our words. In Proverbs, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Chapter 16, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 18, wise words satisfy like a a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. Jesus himself said a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And even if you were with us earlier in this year as we did our study on James, he had a lot to say about the power of words and tongue, the tongue and communication. Uh, one of them, James 1.26, if anyone considers himself religious or a follower of, of the faith and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. It really does matter. Pastor Michael Fletcher, who is the speaker on the Right Now Media videos in this series, shared a really interesting analogy in some of his writings about communication. He talks about the very dangerous profession of salvage diving. And I think we've got a slide that's just kind of an old-style suit in which the, the, the diver is encased in a bulky, pressurized suit. He's dropped by an attached cable, and there's an air hose that provides air. Now, once he is dropped down to the bottom, he is completely dependent on that tube and, and running from the, the ship above down to his suit. It is his lifeline. That's what they, they call it often, carrying a mixture of gases that enables him to dive and live. In, in whether it's old time or new time suits, cut the tube and the diver dies. And Fletcher says relationships are also sustained by a lifeline, that every relationship is totally dependent on communication to survive. I mean, if you think about it, the other keys that we talked about in this series, love, encouragement, interest, availability, and respect, are all dependent on good communication. I came across one poll in which 97% of married individuals who rated their communication with their spouse to be excellent said that they were happily married, while only 56% were happily married who rated their communication as poor. And it's obvious that folks who struggle with good communication are going to tend to have problems in lots of their relationships. If we want to develop healthy relationships. We have to become good at communicating. If we don't, our relationships will die as surely as the diver whose lifeline is cut. But as Scripture has already shown us, not all communication is helpful. It's not enough for the diver to have the tube, though. There's got to be something flowing through it to do any good. And it matters what gases are actually flowing through the lifeline. Carbon dioxide, nitrogen, pure oxygen even, can be as dangerous as no gas at all. We don't, you and I, we don't breathe pure oxygen as much as we may think about it, but with a combination of nitrogen, oxygen, and other gases. And just for the, the uh, scientific and, and all, I just thought I'd put up a little chart there just to kind of to show that. 
The quality of what passes through the tube is as vital to the health of the diver as the, the presence of the tube itself. The, in a relationship, silence is as lethal as a lifeline that carries no gas at all. The quality of the communication in our relationships is just as important to health as the actual presence of communication. The quality of your connection to another person is dependent on the quality of what you convey to them as the diver's life depends on the right mixture of gases. And so the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He said in chapter 4, verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Now, the original Greek word here that is translated as unwholesome word literally means putrid or rotten. It's what you get if you go digging in a trash can of old food that's been sitting out for a week in the, in the Texas sun. The Apostle Paul tells us to not let anything like that come out of our mouths. As we've seen, Paul understands the power and the damage that words can, can do. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. With our words, we can, we can kill relationships by hurting other people. How often How often have you said something, and the moment you said it, the moment it came out of your mouth, you knew, ooh, I wish I could take that back. I wish I could get my hands on that thing again. Stories told a long time ago in a small Eastern European village, a man was known for saying unkind and harsh things, unthinking things. He, he wondered why no one liked being around him, and so one day he went and asked his rabbi about it. And the rabbi knew the man, had heard him talk, had heard what he had said, and, and listened as the man explained, though, the problem. And, and then he told the man, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a feather pillow. I want you to go out and go through the town, and I want you to open that pillow up and take one feather out and place it on the doorstep of every house in the village, everyone. And then when you come back, I'll tell you the next step. So he does. He eagerly gets out. He takes the pillow with him. He takes it. He's putting the feathers down on on each doorstep of the house. And then he he gets done, and he hurries back. And the rabbi says, now, what I want you to do is go back to the community and pick up every one of the feathers. What? But rabbi... (laughs) that's impossible. The wind's blown most of them away. I'll never be able to get them all back again. And the rabbi said, "And, and now you understand why you must be careful how you talk with others. For once you've spoken, there's no taking it back. It really is true. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But notice Paul says that our words affect more than just the person we spoke to. It affects all those who hear. Be harsh to a coworker, and every other person in earshot is going to know it. And, and very likely you have created distance with them and perhaps lost respect with each one of them. When parents are, are harsh with each other and, and children, their children may be listening on, the winner is going to often end up being the loser in the eyes of the children because their heart goes out in sympathy to the one who lost. And of course, others hear what we say, and they make assumptions then about us. 
A lot of people find it easy to be overly critical of others, to tear them down, to, to say what's wrong with them. And, and out of pride or insecurity or both, they try to bring others down while trying to lift themselves up. But when we hear someone doing that to someone else, don't you sometimes wonder, okay, so what are they saying about me when I'm not around? I much more want to be around the person who is encouraging and kind when I hear them talking about somebody else and looking for the best because I suspect they're more likely to talk that way about me as well. No one enjoys being around someone who's always putting others down. But we can choose to be encouragers, saying kind things about others, giving them the benefit of the doubt, burying gossip, and looking for ways to affirm them. And the truth is we can just as easily build up as tear down. And the results for everyone are better and so much more rewarding. Again, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Instead of unwholesome, putrid, rotten words, Paul says we can offer words that edify and build up others. And, and we talked about words of encouragement a few weeks ago in this series, and you can Access that message on our website if you want to go back and look at it or, or hear it again. But just as important to communication is listening. You know, it's been suggested that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. All right? And yet, it's easy for folks to get so concerned about what they want to say, about making their point about getting in that last word, that they don't hear what the other person is saying. Proverbs 18 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. At a wedding reception, a, a friend of the groom decided to just have a, have a little fun and, and, and try a little test to see if people were listening. As he moved down the receiving line, he said to each person, my grandmother just died today. And he heard back things like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you for saying so. That's so sweet of you to say. Yes, we're very proud. And, and uh, the worst came from his friend, the groom, who said, and it's about time you take the same step, old buddy. Good communication requires good listening to, to hear what others are saying. Not just start thinking about what I'm going to say in response, but what are they saying? In James, it reminds us, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to get angry. I mean, it really is a gift when we stop, we turn to the person speaking, and we listen to what they have to say. Susan, has, my wife, has reinforced that with me because sometimes my tendency really is to keep, keep doing what I'm doing, working away, and, and, and just I'm listening to her, but I'm not looking at her. I'm just kind of listening and going about it, and she starts to wonder if I'm listening, if I'm concerned, if I even care. I mean, as you read through the Gospels, the sense that I get over and over again is that Jesus gives each person he comes to, each person he talks to, he gives them this, their, his full attention. And that is so valuable for us, whether it's our, our spouse, 
our boss, our coworkers, our friends, or even our kids. You know, sometimes the best gift a busy parent can give their child is just to listen to what they're saying. Not just assume we already know, but to actually turn and listen. In fact, a lot of times when children come up and talk to me, and I learned this from somebody else much smarter than me, I like to get down on their level and talk because I, I, I see it as a sign of respect. And, and if I can't respect children, I, I can't respect anybody. We say, well, the children are supposed to respect you. Well, maybe so, but how are they going to learn respect unless I also show respect? And I think every person deserves some respect, including our children, including our children. Which leads to another important part of a communication. Communication isn't limited to our words, but also includes the tone of our voice and our nonverbal behaviors, like expressions, posture, whatever. Management guru Peter Drucker said the most important thing in communication is to hear what isn't being said. And we know that. I've discovered that sometimes Susan asks me to do a chore at home, and she'll ask me to do something, and I'll pause okay. Now, what was my message? Instead of, she asked me to do something. Sure, right away, sweetie, I'll take care of it. I mean, it's, it's like night and day. Now, why do I say that? Because I'm guilty of that. I mean, that's something I have to work on. And, and when I just say, I, I pause I hang my head, I don't look over, and I say, okay. I mean, she knows, she knows exactly what I don't want to do, and it creates distance between us. In fact, one study done by Albert Morabian showed that when our words don't match our tone or tone of voice or our nonverbal behaviors, our words are carrying only 7% of the total message we're communicating. In other words, 93%. When our words don't match our expressions, 93% comes through those nonverbals and the tone and all that kind of stuff. So my words can say yes, but the, the overwhelming, much stronger message is really no, which makes me look insincere, insincere at best or a liar at worst. It also points out the potential limitations of social media and emails and, and, and things like that. I, I, I sometimes get emails or see something on social media, and my first thought is, did they really think before they wrote that? Especially when it's somebody I know, because I know that's not the way they feel. I know that's not who they are. But if I just go by their words, I'm looking at them thinking, oh my gosh, you know? There are a lot of good things that get conveyed through electronic media. But where there are significant issues, where there is a lot of emotion involved, face-to-face -face communications are so important to make sure the, the, the right message gets communicated. I, I get really nervous when people try to resolve big issues on Facebook or through an email or on Instagram, because 
there is so much of the message that is not there. And the part that does come through, in fact, may not be what really was meant to be said. And then, of course, there's a whole other big aspect of this that I'm not going to go into this morning, and that's that men and women tend to communicate differently. Linguistics expert Deborah Tannen says women excel at what she calls rapport talk, while men are better at report talk. You know? In most interactions, women share feelings, men solve problems. And, and of course, these are generalities, and, 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 and it, it doesn't hold up for every person or every circumstance, but they mean you and I cannot assume everyone communicates the same way we do, that they mean the same thing by what we mean. And so we need to pay attention. We need to seek to understand often even more than our first inclination, which is to be understood but to understand. For the disciple of Jesus, the focus has to be on the other person, whether they're they're our spouse or a child, whether they're our parent or boss or co-worker or friend. Again, Paul reminds us in his writing to the Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And to the Colossians, he said, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have made that claim, people remember that, people know that. Are you representing him well? Are you representing him in word and deed, in ways that communicate your faith and trust in him? Again, from Michael Fletcher, successful relationships are built by winning and keeping the hearts of others. Hearts are won and kept as we apply the principles of love, encouragement, interest, availability, respect, and time. But these principles are only as effective as our channels of communication. Never forget, bad air kills, but affirmation produces life. In the next five minutes, you're going to have a chance to practice. And it's one of those things that may even feel awkward at first. But we have to start, we have to try. Because we're representatives, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we are representatives of of him. And we are called to love and to care and to be kind and to be gracious and to seek to understand even more than we strive to to be understood. If that's a struggle or you've got some things going on in your life and you want to talk to somebody, our prayer team's going to be down here and they would love to pray with you, maybe to open your heart, to help you consider how you might look at it, some of this differently. Again, we've got the small groups and, the, and practical discipleship classes um, that are, are signing up, uh, and, and there's places out there for you to ch- check that out and talk to people if you want to do that. I also want to remind you that uh, we've got communion right after this service down in the Life Center as a one of the ways that Jesus has communicated with us to say what really matters. He said, I did this for you because I love you. 
And he didn't just back it up with his words. He showed us through his actions. If you're a guest this morning, we're, we're really glad you're here. And myself and some friends are going to be out this door, and we'd love to say hello to you. And uh, so feel free to stop by uh, this morning. As we close, let me close us in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you so much for your, your incredible desire to communicate with us. The Bible itself is the proof that you, you want to, us to know you and, and understand you. And Jesus himself is the embodiment, embodiment of that. Not just words, but incarnate, person, live, real. Help us to be real and authentic and gracious as we talk and communicate with others. Help us to care about others and show it in our communication. Help us to do it wisely in, in relationships that, that are significant. That we would be uh, uh, adding value into the relationship instead of being destructive. We thank you that you love us each so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. We praise you for him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Say something nice to somebody this morning. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.